All right, y'all, welcome to another episode of the Wavy New Yorker podcast. On this episode, I have a very, 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 very special guest from New Jersey, in New Jersey, by way <laughs> of New York, by way of Atlanta, Georgia, Wilmot Stubblefield. Ah, and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> What's good, bro? What's good, Yo, I've been trying to have you on for a minute. I, I I we actually recorded a podcast on another way and it and it flopped. It didn't it record any audio. And it was I'm, actually a great. It was oh a great, my god! <laughs> it was a great session too. The Yo. thing about it is, it was it was was it around the time? Um, it was during the protest. I think protest. it was early George Floyd, yes. like maybe in like July, because I know it was hot and shit. It's crazy how long it's been. It, don't even, it felt like that wasn't even that long ago, but so much shit has happened since then. So much has changed. Shit. Since then, it's been mad more mad more fucking protests. Niggas done stormed the Capitol, and now niggas got a new president. Protests, so. protests of two different sides happened between that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you had the black people protesting, and you had the MAGA niggas protesting, and you got to yeah. see both them shits hand in hand. And very different reactions at the same time. Yeah, I think honestly, I think all of that shit helped in the long run helped us get a new president. Honestly, like when you think about it, son, I was looking at it. Niggas was really like they they really put it together, and it was like, yo, we was only like a couple thousand votes in like key states from mm-hmm. Donald Trump being president again. Like that, that's what I want niggas to remember. This shit, like even though this shit weren't worked out and the good side won this time, and it's like, I right, niggas are gonna reclaim their democracy and all of that. I want y'all to know that like over seventy thousand niggas voted for that guy Donald Trump. So I want y'all million, to know seven million. seventy million. I said seventy thousand. Seventy million. That means all the racist shit he said, all the 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 bigotry, bigotry he said, they don't care. They didn't give a fuck. They said nah. This nigga enhances my lifestyle one way or another, whether it's white power, <laughs> whether it's financially supporting big businesses. I don't care. So I just want everybody to remember that the next time it comes, it's time for election year. Because I feel like this was the equivalent of niggas playing their best best ball and still almost losing. Like, dead ass. That's yeah. what it felt like. Yeah. It's so. like they, 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 they brought out their best player. So speak. <laughs> he was pretty warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> he hit all his shots during the game, but he still ain't get MVP. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It was like, like it, it was stressful. It was stressful. It was that NBA final series where Curry he was had a great year, <laughs> <laughs> but he still didn't get finals MVP. Still did not get finals MVP, <laughs> and that's exactly what it was, bro. I, I I remember just not being able to sleep, and I was just like, son, this shit. Like, yo, it was funny how it worked because of the pandemic, so all the shits wasn't in, and it was like, yo, this nigga's really about to win again. Like, <laughs> then he woke up, and it was like, oh, oh shit, he's coming back. We have a chance. So I was like, it was, I can't watch it, was this. it was a little strange, and it was like, like kind of like what happened the previous. The yeah, election. that's the yeah. thing. Last election, we thought we was good. Niggas woke up like, huh? What happened? Oh, this nigga about to win? Oh, you dead ass? Oh nah, because I I don't think anybody took him serious. That was the thing. He was the OD underdog. And that nigga, that nigga, if it was gambling from gambling terms, I feel like the first election that nigga was like plus five hundred. Mm-hmm. 
this election, it felt like it was even odds until like that first night. Then that nigga was like, yo, plus 600. I saw where they gave gambling live odds at one point. I was, was going to say, say that. I was like, this election, I noticed they was Niggas were betting. Niggas were betting on it. It, yeah. it was crazy because when I saw the odds and I, I since I gambled so much, when I saw that Trump was like, Minus like a thousand to win. I said, Oh, it's over. I was like, Damn, I gotta go to bed. Like, this is it. The world's gonna end. <laughs> and, um, a person I follow, and he's pretty good at pocket. Dave Portnoy, he's like, the Oh, the Barstool nigga. OD Maga. Oh, hate that nigga. OD, bro. He's I blocked him, but he's not that bad of a guy. I heard, but he, he's, I, he's I, not. He's not. He, 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 he might, he can't be too bad of a guy. He does like good things, but I think yeah. he got on. He was like, I guess it's over. Like he got on his live and sent a message <laughs> that this is over. I don't care. Like, I guess Trump won. Like he was a shoe in. Yeah. Yeah. He had to like get back in the morning, like, oh shit. Um. <laughs> yeah. You know what was the funniest thing about that whole shit? That's when a lot of the undercover MAGA followers that I had came out. And, and yo, it's crazy because they deleted their shit. Yeah. There was a couple running people I, I, I ran against over the years. They're like, yeah, four more years, MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. I'm like, oh, you MAGA? Mental note, mental note. And then they were like, your teammates. Of course. And <laughs> then they started, they just like, oh, there's more votes. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's about to lose. Go on, go on, go on. I'm like, all right. Now I'm gonna look at them niggas differently because it's like, oh, I see, I see how y'all give it up now. It was very funny though, very, 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 very revealing. But now I think honestly, this week was good though. The inauguration, it, it gave, it gave, it gave man's hope. This is the first time where I was like, damn son, like we overcame it. Like I feel like we've done had a new president for three weeks. It's only been like three days, but like. This is the first time I ain't had to worry about hearing the president in the news for some wild shit. It was every day with Trump. That's the thing. Like, it was one thing if he was doing fuckery every, like, couple weeks. Every day he said some blasphemous shit. Always yeah. on the Twitter. And, like, I, I almost feel like that light, that ban almost should be a lifetime ban. I think they're going to give it back to him, honestly. But... How did you feel about them banning him? What did you think about that shit? I know a lot of people was like, oh, we overstepping boundaries, just like Muslim niggas, but... I'll give a perfect example. I had, because I was talking to my shorty or whatever, and I gave a, a perfect example of the ban, right? I ain't got no problem with the ban. Twitter could do whatever it is. Their company, though, it's a, you could like own stock in Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They have rules, you know? Yeah. That, it's like church, right? You yeah. can go to whatever church you want to go to, right? You're right. free, you know? But if you go in there and jump up and start saying something about the devil, like start saying some crazy devil worshiper type shit, they're going to warn you a few times. Like, yo, you got to chill with that. This is not <laughs> the Lord. You, know what I mean? <laughs> you can't be saying that in here. And then if you keep going, they're going to tell you, yes, yo, you got to leave. You got to find a new church and you can't come back here again. So it's sort of like that. You can only say so much. But when you really start spreading things that could get people hurt. I think it was all fun and games. Until and like I said, it ain't like they this is the first time they had that conversation. Niggas been having that conversation for a minute because they was afraid of shit like niggas storming the Capitol happening, and then it happened, and it was like, oh shit, niggas died. Like, I right, we gotta stop him. So that's one of those like I feel like if he was a normal person, mm-hmm. he would have been gotten banned. But the fact that he was the president of the United States, that's why it was so difficult to it actually gave him such a long leash. Yeah, because like- then it looks like you're trying to suppress your leaders and shit, but. I think the fact that he was on the way out and then niggas actually died, it was like, all right, enough is enough. Like, think pull, the, pull the plug. They they created stuff because of Trump. Like, they mm-hmm. the fact-checking thing. Remember that? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. They, they and my thing is, yo, 
Yeah, in reality, yo, they got to be accountable to some extent. Because like I said, like, let's say some crazy shit happens on their platform. Like, you're responsible. It's almost like if you go away for a weekend and you leave your kids in the house and they throw a crazy party and five kids die, like, you're responsible. It's your crib. So your crib. I feel like that's that's the way they have to look at it. Like I said, there's people that's upset about it. But I'm like, bro, I've gotten blocked for telling Trump to suck my dick for, for like a day. So I'm like, if I could get blocked for that. He could get blocked for five motherfuckers dying and motherfuckers storming the, the capital. So you know that's all. That's all it is. Like, listen, nobody, nobody. Oh, I can't tell how people t- should feel, but why are you really upset? Or yeah. how, by the way, it's not your Twitter that got blocked. It's not your Twitter, yeah, and it's a private company. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, <laughs> yo, and it, and it's crazy how easily people could get brainwashed without even knowing, right? Think about mm-hmm. it, right? People was getting banned off Twitter all the time. People get banned all, off the, time. all the time, right? People been in Twitter jail since day one in the early days of Twitter. It was Yo, never a thing. But now that Trump got banned, somebody put some propaganda out there like, oh, this could affect you in some way too, so fight against it. And people are like, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Like, man, be quiet. And that's my problem, people. People like to just take things and run. run man. Like, that's the thing, and that's with everything. That's with everything, like, one thing I learned about this election, we were talking about it on Twitter, like everybody's so hyped for Kamala Harris, and I was hyped because I I was a supporter. I supported her from day one. Like before before Bloomberg got in, I was like, yo, out of all the candidates in terms of what they what they believe in, I feel like she most like she most most out of all of them, she mostly belongs with what I believe in. So I was like, all right, I'm behind her. Um, and then obviously when the primaries went through, I'm like, all right, it's a wrap for her. I'm like, all right, maybe Bloomberg. It was right for him. I'm like, all right, Biden it is. But if you look at it, like, especially in the black community, it was like, oh, she's a cop. We don't fuck with her. Especially, like, it was black women, too. And I used to see how mad people dogged her shit. Then it's like, oh, my God, I'm so inspired. She's the VP now. Miss. And I see everybody posting it. I see AKAs. I'm going to call AKAs, AKAs out, too, because there's a lot more support after she got this shit than it was when she was running in the primaries. I'm going to be honest. And I thought it would have been a bigger deal, but like during the primaries, it wasn't that same level of support on a bigger scale. And I feel like people are really fraudulent because I'm like, if you're going to support her as VP, why wouldn't you support her in the primaries when she was running for president of the United States? Like, am I? A a lot of people, um, not even this election, but past election, they've been riding the the Bernie train, right? People people love Bernie. Um, I can see why. I can see why what he promises it sells to them. But it's like it's not gonna. Not, I don't. I, was, I don't. It's not gonna work. Yeah. When so the way it's not working. So the, not my working. thing is, my thing is this, right? I always look at it like what is sustainable and what is possible, right? A lot of the shit he promises is like it's just unsustainable and it's not necessarily doable based on the current structure of our government. Like mm-hmm. I said, he needs even in this current climate where we have half the Senate, right? It still wouldn't work if Bernie was the president because mm-hmm. there's going to be people like, yo, that's a little too much. And it's just, you know, everybody likes this free this, free that, free that. I understand it needs to be more public support. I agree. But there has to be limits to it. I think a lot of young people appeal to that because a lot of young people are in. We're in a time where, like, everything is a lot harder for us than it was for people in front of us, of course. Like, mm-hmm. tuition and stuff. School is more expensive. Debt is more easy to get. It's harder to purchase a home. And I hear them on that. But necessarily, it's not like he has a surefire way. It's not like he's going to just pit us all in public house and all of a sudden everybody living in the projects for free or some shit. Like, it's just not necessarily feasible. So I don't think he, like I said, if he was on the ticket and I got to pick between him and Trump, it's like, all right. But like, in re- Bernie, yeah. yeah. But in reality, it's like, bro, like, he's not my first choice. And it's like, eh. 
I'm good. Especially, he's just too. He's too much. Like I said, I I wasn't really feeling him. The, and the reason, the reason, um, people chose Biden. The reason the Democratic Party chose Biden was because they felt Biden. he was most likely the yeah, winnable yeah, candidate. That's really what it was. And, and that's what I think it came to. I think people were scared so much of Trump. They was like, yo, we have to get somebody. We had to get the best person that can be him. Mm-hmm. And yo, retroactively speaking, they pro- maybe they made the right decision. We saw how close this shit was. I don't know if this shit is... This shit, uh, this shit probably goes south if somebody else gets it. I don't know if Kevin oh, no, Harris... No, no. If, if, if I don't know. else I, that's running... Yeah. I don't think it, I, I think it's I think it's over. I genuinely think it's over in five. <laughs> I think it's Trump in five, literally. Yeah, it so it's like, been over. And that's why I say people gotta really think about it. Like I said, we didn't create the game. They the, we was born into the shit. They the, the game is what it is. We just gotta play by whatever rules that we have and do it to the best of our ability. But it's tough, bro. It's tough. Yeah. I just people people is very I think that's really maybe that's why like I said a lot of young people support him and I'm like that's cool and all but yo he ain't getting no younger I mean, that's all I'm telling y'all he ain't getting no younger so I'm cool with that if you want to find somebody huh <laughs> I said they seen the mittens he they seen the mittens yo he crusty bro no no disrespect <laughs> to Bernie Bernie crusty but and, but the thing is I'm cool with that if y'all like some of the shit he finds find who's younger than him underneath him and that's the thing we need more younger people in politics. Yeah. But younger people with different views, not everybody with the same views. Because, like I said, it's it's a mess, bro. Shit doesn't get done. But I'm hoping I'm hoping this administration gets some shit done. Like I said, I don't know if they're gonna get. I think sometimes people be overly optimistic. I think some things will get done. Like I'm hearing about this ten thousand dollar worth of like loan forgiveness. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good number. I think that gets done. And yo, I'll take that. You know, I saw a tweet where motherfuckers said, look, they got us. They're only going to give us $10,000 loan forgiveness. And I was like, are you serious? And I'm like, okay. He's like, Bernie would have got us everything. And I'm like, are you? And that's when I was like, all right. You know how like we look at some of the MAGA dudes on the crazy side? They're like, yo, they're crazy. That's how they I be looking at some of the Bernie people like, yo, y'all look crazy too. Like, it's it's like, I'm all for like, you got to be in the middle and look at it at both sides. And I'm like, bro, because imagine if you paid all your student loans. You just finished the shit. Then they're like, yeah, we're gonna give everybody ten thousand. I feel like if everybody get a ten thousand advance on their student loans, yeah, at the very least, that cut at least for most of you guys a couple a years off. Well, ain't paying anyway because I know. Yeah. I I'm like, yo, bro, I just gave I, y'all ten thousand. That's I, it. I That's all y'all a hundred dollars. Bro, I, I looked at it and I said, I pay that shit when I'm making enough money to when I when I have money I don't need. That's when I'll start paying it. But I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna start paying into that until I have enough savings where I can say, all right. I could get a down payment on a crib because why am I going to do this? Asking for that, the people who asking for that extra 50, 70K, 80K, those are motherfuckers that went to Harvard or some shit. So yeah, my <laughs> thing is this. If you're that much in debt, it is what it is, but I hope you got a good paying job. That's all I'm going to say. If you if you're that much in debt and you didn't get a good paying job, you was fucking around. That's all. But like I said, it is what it is. We are where we are. If you get the 10K, I'm happy for it, but um, I hope go everybody get some sort of relief. Yeah, and, uh, I want people to get relief. Hoping for some some sort of relief, but so and within that, we relief. just have to be a little bit realistic. And we gotta be realistic, and we gotta yeah. And, and the thing we gotta learn from this, we gotta stop depending on the government to do everything. That's that's the problem. That's why we are where we are with the pandemic. That's why a lot of us are where we are financially. We gotta just be able to do you what we can, bro. When the government does everything, that's called communism. Exactly. 
and then fucking they do in China. The government is in charge exactly. of literally everything. China, Russia, everything. All the countries, they're in charge of everything. So exactly, and then that's when they control what you think. They control what you hear, and then they control what no school you gotta go to. You gotta go to military school. It's a lot of things people don't know outside of this country. Like I see so many people say things like, "Man, I wish I could live in this country. I wish I could live in that country." And some countries. They probably do have nice things like free education, like free education, mm-hmm. but there's underlying things that we don't know because we're over here and we're so hey. interested in what's going on over here. I say that a lot too, and I say Americans as as a whole, we the like we one of the most privileged nations, but like most spoiled at the same time. Like we don't really, a lot of people don't realize how good we got it in some cases. Like I said, it ain't perfect; it's far from perfect. But mm-hmm. I'd be damned to find somewhere in this world where it is. But it's like it's always complaining about everything. You can never please everybody in America. And it's like it's funny because everybody when COVID first started, it was like, oh, my God, we're going to be inside. How long? How long? A year. Fast forward a year later. We still inside. Like, you know, everything's still pretty much shitty. And now it's like, all right, you see hope on the horizon. We like, all right, we got a new vaccine. Then it's like now the new trend is I'm not going to take that shit. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like the trend is, man, I don't even want to go outside. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. You don't have to take it. But my thing is, if you're not going to take it, fine. But stop spreading bullshit about it. Like, I saw some shit. Like, I, I've seen every every bullshit. Like, oh, one person took it. Now she can't have kids anymore. That was claimed as false. Niggas trying to say, uh, who's the guy that, guy that died today? Um, The baseball guy. Um, Hank Aaron. They said, Hank Aaron got his COVID vaccine on January 8th. Now he's dead. I'm like, are you serious, nigga? Like, it's it's so much fuckery. And I'm just like, yo, if you don't want to take it, don't take it. But I I, I want people to be realistic now. People not knowing that even before when they was born, they got shot up with a few vaccines already. Their vaccines, bro. Before you go to college... (laughs) You got to get some vaccine, you know what vaccine I'm saying? Vaccine to go to LIU, exactly. There's no way you could go to LIU without the, the, the tetanus shit, the herpes shit, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I was listening to Chris. Shout out to my son, Chris Well, Check out his podcast, Finally Famous Podcast. He had his army homies on, and they was like, nah, I ain't taking no vaccine. But then after that, they go, yo, when we was in the vaccine, when we was in the army, they gave us mad shit. I don't know what they were sticking us with this, but they stuck us with like five different shots. And I'm like... So you're going to let them stick you with those five things, but you won't take a COVID vaccine and a pandemic? I'm like, all right, cool, I guess. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's one thing if you knew what they were stabbing you with. You don't even know, but you knew to get in the army, you had to do it. But, to, yeah. you know, you won't you won't look up or read up on a COVID vaccine. It's just like, nah. I'm like, all right. So that's, that's just a stigma with black people. And it's just like, bro, I understand. Don't get me wrong. This country has done mad wrongs with vaccines and shit. But it's like, at this point, I feel like, yo, you don't have to take it. But if you think we're going to be locked inside this whole time, like I saw teachers talking about they want us to go back to school. It's like in, in, in April or May, like they're crazy. Like, and I'm like, well, listen, I feel like it should be this way. If they offering you all the vaccine and you choose not to come, that's fine. But if they want to say, yo, we want to start proceeding and going back to normal and have in-person learning. That's not their problem that you don't want to come in in person. That's my logic. You can't say, oh, I don't want to get the vaccine and then say, but I don't want to go in person either. Like, you know what I'm saying? At some point, I feel like we as a society have to move towards getting back to some type of normal. Otherwise, we're going to like withstand everlasting effects from this shit. Yeah. I mean, the staying inside thing in this current state where we stay inside and things are shut down and this indoor. It's not healthy. Outdoor dining. It's not sustainable. It's you not sustainable. It's not. That's just not how things are working. So 
eventually, I think employers are going to be like, look, if you want to work, it depends on who your employer is, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But if you want to work at this job, vaccine is mandatory. Yeah. And people are not going to have a choice. Like, for instance, the military. More than yeah, likely, you're going to say, well, I don't even know if they got it right now. Or I don't even know if they're forced to get it. But eventually, I don't think they are yet. But eventually, yeah, it's gonna have to be. If you want to be in the army, you got to get vaccinated. And you know what's crazy? You know what's gonna happen? People gonna get the vaccine. That's just what it is. They're gonna get it. They're gonna get it. And I be trying to tell people this is like, yo, you don't have to get it, but you need to know you gotta weigh the risk and the reward. Like they're saying, this new strain of COVID is like thirty percent more deadly than new UK shit. And I'm like, thirty percent. I'm like, I don't like them chances. (laughs) I'm like, I don't like them odds. And it's just like. Like I said, there's a good chance you get the shit and you good, but there's also just as good of a chance you get the shit and you have some everlasting like effects. Like I'm looking at the dude that played for the fucking Browns, Miles Garrett. He had COVID in the summer. If you watch the Browns games this summer, he could never stay on the field. There would always be series where he's off the field huffing and puffing. If you're watching the uh playoff game they had against Kansas City, there's like multiple series where he's on the sideline. He's not on the sideline because he didn't fit the fit the um the, the package they wanted to pin on they was like nah like yo he can't breathe right now he needs to get a breather like and that's a professional athlete in the best shape of his life so i'm like if he could get fucked up from covid long term it's definitely gonna happen to some of us other people so it's just like you know you gotta do what's best for you like i said i i think the best way to decide if it's worth it for you you weigh the risk of getting covid and weigh the risk of the vaccine and I think that'll help you make the best decision every time, personally. Even in progress, man. Like, mm-hmm. like when you look over time, like I feel like things happen, like diseases and mm-hmm. pandemics and things like that happen, and this is just another way to combat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's plain and simple. My thing is, is everybody think, oh, I'm gonna just let everybody else get it, and I'm like, well, you're not the only one with that idea, bright ass. <laughs> I'm like, if everybody says I'm gonna wait till everybody else gets it, then eventually the vaccine, the, the virus is gonna mutate into some shit that the vaccine don't cover, and then we're just gonna die anyway. So, pick how you want to do it, but it's crazy, man. We'll see. We'll I think, see. I think, I think, at some point though, they're gonna have to start hard. They're gonna definitely have to start hard dates to reopen shit. Once there's more like accessible vaccines, it's definitely gonna be like, all right, listen, we're reopening this shit, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You a teacher? You you gotta go back to school. You uh, what other jobs? You a you a therapist? You gotta go back in the office. Like, mm-hmm. there's no more of this like remote teaching. It's just not. It's not the same. So yeah. I think a lot of that shit they're gonna try and knock off. It I think by September. Is. I think by September. Oh, yeah. Um, because I be getting my emails and stuff from NYU um Langone. Shout out to NYU mm-hmm. That's my uh P primary care provider. But, <laughs> PCP. Um, yeah. They, you know, they sent emails about where they at with the vaccination and all that. So by yeah. September, I hopefully, you know, everybody's following that timeline. Majority, if not 50%, 60% of the people are vaccinated. And that's when we'll start seeing things open up. And at that time, it's like, yo, by by the end of this year, if you haven't attempted or something like that, you might be asked out. Yeah, I just feel bad because, yo, you know what's going to happen. The black community going to get the most fucked by this. Like my mom was telling me today, she works for uh, Mount Sinai. So with the vaccine shortages basically expected in the coming weeks, they're trying to move people who are scheduled next week to get their shit tomorrow and Sunday. So when she was calling people, like basically going through a little call list, mm-hmm. 
of the people she's calling, it's like with white people, it's like, oh, oh my God, I get to get it. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me you're going to cancel it. Black people, it's like, um, I think about it and eh, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? And it's sad because it's like, yo, we're primarily dying from this shit and it's going to continue. It's not going to get any better at this rate. And then we're going to look when they get the numbers of who's mostly vaccinated, it's going to be white people. And it's, then they're going to be like, oh, then the next narrative is going to be, oh, they made COVID to kill off the black community. Look, they're only giving the vaccines to white people. So yeah, it's like, we got to be proactive about it. We got to be better. We need more advocates. That's health care coverage. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, man, we have to do better. We have to do better. Like I said, I think we need more advocates. I know, like, they were talking about trying to get people in the NBA vaccinated to, like, like make it easier on the black community. I don't even know if that's the route of going because it's like you don't want to look like rich people are getting it, but it's tough, man. I, I saw that the Super Bowl was, like, inviting 7,500 healthcare workers that were vaccinated, and I thought that was a good route, but in my head, I was like, it would have made more sense. Fill out the stadium with vaccinated healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. And then that shows niggas like, oh wow, like those niggas are back to normal. Like I was I, that that's what I thought would have been the best example by the by the National Football League. And they could have did that in conjunction with the federal government. Just yo, let's sell out the Super Bowl full of first responders, hospital niggas. That, that, that's a damn good idea. They should get them all vaccinated. And, and, and whoever, you can have whoever sponsor the, the, the ticket prices. People will do it. Like, people got money. You know, sponsor all of those tickets. Full out crowd, full out stadium. Because then people going to be like, oh, my God. Like, they're living a normal life. Like, yeah. yeah. And that sells a vaccine more to people than you just saying, go get it. Go get it. You need it. So, I think they kind of dropped the ball with that because, you know, it could have been, been something special, but. I, I see them allowing people on NBA games and a few NFL a games. Couple. Yeah, yeah, it's limited capacity, but the limited capacity, you don't get to really see that on TV. That's the thing. I think if you show, like, a full crowd on TV like that, that gets people. Like, that's like, oh, my God, football's back. Like, it took it's us all year, but we got it. So I think that, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, we could get back to that. All right, let me get vaccinated. Like, you know what I mean? That would drive up anticipation, but, you know, these motherfuckers all about getting money. Do tickets? That's why. Why are you on the NFL? Do, huh? do tickets cost more? What about tickets? Do, do tickets to sports? So I heard. I heard tickets are costing more now because of the limit. I, I was reading something on Pro Football Focus, like Green Bay's hosting the game. They got limited fan capacity now that there's less tickets. The prices of tickets are like going up for way more on the secondhand market because mm. this is limited capacity. So it's like, yo, if I sell a ticket for two thousand dollars, somebody gonna buy it because hey, if you don't pay two thousand for it. You ain't going to get it. Yeah. So, you know, I, they're going to have to do that. Like I said, I think once it makes, they start allowing vaccinated people to do things that non-vaccinated people can't do, mm-hmm. at least early on in this pandemic, I think that might push people to, you know, maybe do more, but we'll see, man. We'll see. But uh, now nah, to stay on the topic of NFL, it's crazy how, the NFL with these head coaches every year, it's the same shit. They never ever hiring black coaches. And it's crazy because your team, you're a Falcons fan. Mm-hmm. I thought Atlanta, I thought Atlanta was like a lead candidate to probably have a black head coach in a multitude of ways. Honestly, I thought you guys were leaning maybe towards a Todd Bowles since he was like a defensive guy. You guys have been trying to fix that defense. I thought maybe I right, if you're gonna go the offensive route, maybe Eric Bianami. But like nah. And the guy I, they I ended up getting, I want to be in me. The guy you guys ended up getting, no disrespect, like the Titans' offense have been good for the past two years, but it was just kind of like a lackluster hire where I was like, eh. So how do you feel about that? 
Um, I don't know. I'm I'm okay with it because like I I kind of look deeper into his uh, profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and he 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 fits a, a profile um of who I think they wanted to hire. I think the Falcons were looking for more so toughness, mm-hmm. um, less than the flashiness. Um, and I think Arthur Smith, who's the new head coach now, he fits the style that they're going for. And mm-hmm. I think he most likely fits the game plan and the personnel a little bit more than um, what the Falcons currently have. Like, being me, I think he still is the best candidate out there. Um, yeah. I think some people are just gun-shy because of Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. type, like, because of the Chiefs roster. I mean, I'm cool with that. I, I, this is what I'm going to say. My only issue with him not getting hired is it was cool for all the other white coaches under Andy Reid to get hired. Like, they let Matt Nagy go to the Bears. Then it was... um. Um, what's the dude in Philly before he got Doug Peterson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's like you're fiending to get their disciples, and then shit. Even after Doug Peterson, then niggas is fiending for Doug Peterson disciples. Then it's like, oh, let's get Frank Wright in uh Indianapolis. And so yeah. it's kind of like the, I don't the understand other, the, the other hires. I didn't really understand. Like, yeah, like I like the I like the Jets getting uh Salah. I thought he was a good I, hire. I like, I like that Salah. Out of him, you know, I look at the Eagles. They hire some. They hire so, like the so offensive coordinator of the Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has like two years of coordinator experience, and he's like yeah. even the Lions. Really the Lions hired uh, the dude Dan Campbell. And I'm not hired. angry at the Dan Campbell hire, but it's like for y'all, like he's been around the league for mad long. But he never really had no coordinators, yeah, man. Like what, tight makes, coach. what makes him more ex- – that's the thing. What makes these people um, – even with Arthur Smith, like I understand Arthur Smith, the fit – because that's my team. I kind of follow him. I kind of see where they were going. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't really understand what made him more qualified than the enemy or yeah. maybe even a Todd Bowles. Like yeah, I didn't know they were going to hire Todd Bowles, though, because Todd yeah. Bowles, he flopped with the Jets. Too. <laughs> 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 and I didn't want Todd Bowles either. Like, I don't nah, nah, I I like Todd Bowles, but I'm still not a Todd nah, Bowles. Nah, I, hear you, I hear you. I just feel like, I don't know, it's weird. It's weird. Because even like with the Texans, I'm hearing they, they're interviewing Josh McCown for the head coaching job. They interviewed him today, and I'm like, Josh McCown was a quarterback last year. He has no coaching experience at yeah. all. As no. a head coach, like, like I, I just think even the idea of giving him an interview, knowing what's going on, that's just a little disrespect. Like, that's just the, that's just the motherfuckers flexing on us. Like, you know what? Nah, I'm gonna give that white boy over there an interview. He don't even want a job. He ain't looking for a job. I'm gonna give him an interview. For, they're looking for in the NFL. They're looking for the next fancy coaching, offensive coaching per se, like fancy play calling and mm. some, you know, some freakish, you know. And, and I think that's cool and all, and I think that was a little trend at a while. But yo, in reality, they don't make Sean McVay's every day. They yeah, they for every day. every day. And, and, and the thing about people got to understand with Sean McVay, even though he didn't have like a lot of coordinator experience, he was in the game for a long time, just soaking up knowledge. Fact about Sean, Sean McVay, and I didn't even really know this until um, like maybe like two years ago. Sean McVay went to high school in Georgia. I think Sean McVay might be mm-hmm. from Georgia. He's from Ohio, but he's I think he is Georgia or somewhere like that. But I think he so he has t- Georgia ties, and then I think he went to school in Ohio. He, well, for high for high school, he definitely went to a school in Georgia called Maris High School. And at the time, Sean McVay was there. Listen, Maris High School in Georgia is like one of the best. 
high schools, bar none. And the run they had, I was like, hmm, this makes sense. Because if this dude was a quarterback there and he had some coaching ties there, no wonder they were so damn good. Like, they were Amazing. state championship, back-to-back, 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 back-to-back. So it's like, I could kind of see it. And they don't make people like that too often, so. That makes sense. Yeah, said, those people are rare. I think, like I said, in the NFL, it's more of you got to find a CEO. You got to find somebody that can manage and control the locker room more than everything. The mm-hmm. offensive side, defensive side of the ball, you get the right coordinators, they're going to do their jobs. That's why I kind of like what the Giants did with Joe Judge. Get your coordinators, let them do their job, but you need a head coach to put everything together, make sure everybody's good on the fundamentals, make sure everybody knows where they need to be, and everybody knows what their job is, and everybody's held accountable. And I feel like that's more important than trying to get the next offensive coordinator. Offensive guru. Yeah, like nine times out of ten, they never a fucking guru and they fucking trash. Yeah, just like, like um, with the Cardinals. Like, he's overrated. You know what I want to say about Cliff Kingsbury? And, I, I, and I'm glad you said he's overrated. He's not only overrated, he's the epitome of white privilege, right? So... You fire homeboy before him, black dude. Don't get me wrong. They had a shit season. They had like a three-win season. Three-win season with a rookie quarterback. I think nine times out of ten, you get another chance to run it back, right? Nine times out of ten, you get another chance to run it back. I thought the the limit was like three seasons at least. Like, you know. I'm going to give you two seasons because I'm strict. But they fired homeboy one year into it, and they got rid of the quarterback. And they said, nah, let's go get Cliff Kingsbury. Since then, you had Kyler Murray. It's been two years. You have not made the playoffs. I think, what were they, eight and eight this year? You went from like three and whatever to eight and eight, like. The white privilege is crazy. And not only that, this motherfucker didn't achieve shit at the college ranks, yo. He was not good. He was not good. And he was a fucking coordinator at USC. He was a fucking coordinator at USC. I don't know if somebody heard his name on a podcast and got wet. They went straight after him. Not after Lincoln Riley. Not after Ryan Day. Not after Urban Meyer. Not after any of the good college head coaches. They said, yo, let's go after that guy. And he's been yeah. lackluster. And when I watch him on the sidelines, I look at him and I say, yo, there's many times where this man has poor game management, not knowing when to call timeouts. Same things that we see from Anthony Lynn that causes his teams to lose game. But, you know, Anthony Lynn, yo, your black ass got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, dreamy white boy, uh, we're going to let you stay a little bit. We paying yeah, you $20 million anyway. Yeah. And, and, and at times, too, it's like Cliff Kingsbury. When you look, sometimes these coaches have players who are, like, considered – generational talent, talent so to speak and then that gives them a pass because they'd be like oh this guy developed Kyler Murray this guy helped Cl- I think Cliff Kingsbury had a role to play with um Patrick Mahomes also I think he yeah Texas Tech player. yeah yeah so it's like this guy had did this to, for Patrick Mahomes he did this for this person it must be him so or maybe they're just fucking nice <laughs> yeah Maybe exactly. are just nice. Or maybe the maybe the player was actually making this coach. Look That's what I'm saying. The fact that you had Patrick Mahomes and you weren't winning more games tells me more about how bad of a coach you were. But it's like that's that's the things that kind of irk me, and it's just like it, it's tough. Like it's tough. Like I said, football as a whole is very like I don't want to say it's racist, but it's like it's very un it's very biased against black men in leadership that's the only thing i don't like that's for sure that's the only thing i don't like and i don't know i think that's only gonna change until they have more black or diverse owners like i remember diddy was saying he was trying to get the panthers that time and he didn't obviously that i think tepper ended up getting it but 
they need to find a way where the motherfuckers need to start a GoFundMe and say, yo, let's like, like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe the, the route to getting it may just be, hey, let's have more minority owners and maybe it has to be an ownership group, but mm-hmm. you need an ownership group of black people. Like the Falcons hired a black GM though. They so, do. Oh yeah, they did. They did. And, yeah, and you know what? I like. You know like what that. I'll say is, out of a lot of owners, I do like your owner. Your owner is actually real down to earth person. He's like yeah. very socially aware. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. But ninety, the the other twenty. Well, I'm not gonna say twenty nine, but most of them, they don't really care. Honestly, they really don't give a fuck. It's about selling them tickets too. Like yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping since Hove has that little partnership with the NFL, the next time there's an opening. Hove is able to just say, yo, fuck it. Let me let me take a jab at it and let me bring in my people as like a ownership group. Let's cop a team. Like maybe that's his ultimate end game goal, but like that's the that. only way. That's the only way I see shit ever slightly changing. But yeah, we'll see again next year. Yeah. Because somebody gotta suck every year. <laughs> you know that's what I'm saying? And these owners ain't getting any old, any any younger. They yeah. young, they're croaking oh, yeah. every other day. So we'll see. Sometimes they family get it and they family don't even want the shit. They just sell the team. So We'll see how it goes, man. But um, on another note, we got to get to this shit. This is actually crazy. I am telling you, most of these topics I get just from browsing on Twitter all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was on Twitter today. It might have been yesterday. And I saw trending. It was like, oh, all the charges dropped against Tory Lanez. And I was like, damn. But then five minutes later, I found out it was fake news. I retracted it. But... The fake news is already out there. And when I say, you know, people ain't shit, bro. People like, oh, Megan, look at your ass now. Look at her. Like, fuck out of here. And I'm like, damn, bro. And in my head, I'm like, why are people like that? Like, why are we so quick to shit on her? Like, my my, my, my stance from this shit was always lay neutral. Let the allegations go through. I'm not, I'm not fucking with either of them. But we know somebody got shot. We know she got shot. Yeah. It probably looks like he shot her. My thing is, like, I'm not going to jump to support the nigga at the same way I'm not going to jump to bash her. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let the litigation pl- play out. Yeah. I mean, he he definitely shot her. Uh, yeah. I think it's the circumstances. Either yeah. way, either way, he was wrong. Of course. Um, it's just one thing. I That's just not my business. And I think. <laughs> and people got to stop making it their business. That's the problem. Black people got to stop world, making it their business. In today's world, celebrity business is. Freaking everybody's business, you know. Oh, like, it's just most people, you know, business, they, they, people they, are nasty they on the internet. Relationships and everything. It's like, yo, it's the just, reason you're not in a relationship is you waiting for your relationship to look like your favorite celebrity's relationship. Basically, like, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I just, I just don't understand. Like, to me, it's like, yo. Let it play out. And then they're like, oh, like, oh, charges dropped. I'm like, yo, there's a million reasons charges could have gotten dropped, by the way, as, too, as, as well. They could have had a settlement and we wouldn't have known. But granted, I don't even think it's at this point, it's, it looks like for her, it looks like she wants some motherfucker in jail. So, like, who knows? But it's like, I realize you never want to comment on some shit without the information because then, yo, you end up looking like a clown like 10 seconds later. I'm looking at people, then they're like, yo, it's fake news. He said it was fake news. She said it was fake news. And then it's like, why y'all so quick? Like, why y'all so thirsty? Like, why y'all so ready to go to bat for celebrities that don't fucking know you or care about you or do anything? Like, I just don't understand. Everybody wants to be right. You Everybody know? wants to be right. And they want to be the first one to say, oh, I told you. I told you. I told mm-hmm. you what it was. So, people with that ass go I'm down. I'm saying everybody on A good amount of people want to be right first. And mm-hmm. they want to be the first one to say, you know what? 
I told you. So when, love that. when you go with that um, mentality, a lot of times, especially in today's news, you end up wrong. Because I, I, be, I be seeing a whole bunch of things. I remember one of the first things, because now we so heavily invested in the internet, it was like, yo, the first black president was not Barack Obama. I'm like, mm, this could be possibly true, because, you know, I don't know what's true and untrue anymore. I just go by what I can say I honestly believe in. And like I said this on a lot the last podcast, um, even though it ran out, but my thoughts and my views are my only. I'm not forcing anybody to believe in what I say or what I do, but just make sure your thoughts and beliefs are yours and just don't try to force it on people or argue with them. Try to make yourself seem like you all know and there's some shit like that. Yeah, man. I, I think too many people try to seem like they yeah, know more than they know. Look up facts, like y'all real sites. Don't Yo, look. that's all I ask is the dead ass not take the first thing somebody give you or retweet and take it as fact and run with it, yo. And that's the thing. I, I'm telling you, if you want to see how easy it is to spread fake shit, just make some bullshit up and get like 20 people to retweet it. You could say, "Yo, fucking, fucking LeBron died." It, it would catch steam for a little bit until oh, somebody comes. That shit gonna circle up so fast. It's like people are so fucking stupid, and it's like my thing is, yo, it's too easy to like with the internet. As easy as it is to get information, it's easier for people to spread fake news. But it's like information. People don't want to spend that little bit of effort to try and go and like find out what's wrong from what's right, and that's part of the problem. Like, like I said, everybody want to be right. Everybody want to say I told you so, and it's bigger than that, man. It's. I'm over the shit, bro. Look, look, look up credit like that to everybody out there. Um, sometimes we see stuff that could seem true, also, and mm-hmm. sometimes we it's easy to fall for. It. I'm not gonna sit here and say sometimes I don't be falling for stuff, but sometimes I always go look up to see what's this, what's a credible source. And I'm pretty sure when we were in school, your teachers, your professors told you what sites that could be seem credible. Like you know, mm-hmm. if you use this site, and we find out you use get this information from this site. That's an F. So, go to credible sites. Look, if you could Google words, sometimes there's some websites out there that could tell you, like, yo, this is actually, like, they'll put out the news article and they'll let you know if it's, like, fact. Or fact, yeah, they'll have, like, the fact checking shit. Yeah, fact checking. So, it's like, yeah. More people got to do that, man. Do it. You know what I'm saying? Just just do it. And if it is true, then hooray. You got it. You got it correct. Then it is what it is. Yeah, but if it's not, then now you know. That's some big facts, my man. But okay. now the last shit we gotta get on. Exactly. Now the last shit we gotta get on before we wrap up, before we get to and if you have anything else to bring up after this, feel free. But now we gotta talk about this. I don't know if I've had a podcast since James Harden got traded to my Brooklyn Nets, but um two sides of this story. You got people that are very happy, you got people that are sad. I mean, maybe it's more than three, two sides, honestly. You got people that are, like, neutral. I, I I would say I was the trade. I knew it was something that could always happen, you know. But, you know, you had to give up. You had to give up cool people that you grew up with on that team. Like I said, this I, I look at Nets fandom, and I will say it like this. There's a core group of fans over the past four or five years that's grown attached to a couple core players, right? You've seen them part of the rebuild. You see them develop. Now they all shit. Everybody going. After the James Harden trade, with the exception of Joe Harris, who looks like he could be a Williamsburg hipster, 
Everybody going. D'Angelo Russell, it got him the fuck out of here. <laughs> Karis LeVert, got him the fuck out of here. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, got him the fuck out of here. Jared Allen, got him the fuck out of here. So it's now we in this position where it's all or nothing. And, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, people act like the Nets did this and this wasn't the first time this happened. I'm not going to hold you. When LeBron traded all those people for AD, people were saying the same shit. Oh, they don't got no bench. They don't got this. And I'm like, yo, it takes a little bit to gel. Like, give them some time. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, they won a championship. But now this shit happens. And maybe it's because we live in New York. You got a certain fragment of the fan base in the Knicks that just, they can't wait to tear into it. So why do you think that is? Why, what, what, what's really good with that shit? be honest, man, a lot of times people don't know what it takes to win in sports. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people just, I think the words, or somebody said, like, casual fans, like, and in today's NBA, those players that the Nets grew up with, and I'm not the, the biggest basketball, you know, guru or whatever, but the players that the Nets had, more than likely, there's people that jobs that in the scouting department, et cetera, et cetera, management, they probably felt like the Nets couldn't win with just those players, and they needed to go get James Harden. Um, and those, I, those, I hear you. You know, um, those players are good players. But when you look, when I really look at the Nets prior to the James Harden trade, were those players really going to get the Nets a championship along with KD and Kyrie? Mm, I don't think I don't so. I don't, yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. I think this is what I'm gonna had, say. I watch enough games. Yeah, I watched enough games this year where I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> it's like conference finals, probably. Could we lose and stumble before there? Yes. Could we probably lose in the conference finals? Yeah. That's the thing. It wasn't like a, uh, we got this shit. We could be any team we see in the seven yeah. games. So and I think James Harden with the Nets now gives them a better chance to win oh, now. Yeah, to win with the players that they had from before. So it's yeah. a great trade, and people are always skeptics, but a lot of people that's fans ain't never played sports a day in their life. They ain't never played a day in their life, and that's what it comes down to. I'm not saying you, you would have had to play sports, uh, but it's like team management, stuff like that. People just – some people just don't got a clue. Yeah, yo, I just look at it like this. There's just times where motherfuckers are just more talented than you like. And we both ran track in college again. You ever just been against somebody where you just like, yo, I'm good, but that motherfucker like yep. has more He's, cards than me. Yeah. He has more cards. No matter how yeah. great my approach is, I get all the board. I'm only jumping this on my best day. This motherfucker on his worst day. Worst is day. <laughs> Yeah, and, so. and, and, and you just can't do anything about that. And that's what James Harden is. It's like on Karis LeVert's best day. He's James Harden on his worst day. Yeah. Maybe. And that's, you know, that that's just facts. And it ain't nothing wrong with Karras. I think he works hard. He could be a good player in this league. But can he be a top five player in this league? Eh, probably unlikely. Like, uh, you got to almost look at development. And I think as athletes, you could always read talent like this. Like, people that are uber talented, they're going to develop quick. You're going to usually see it right away. People on that God class, like, you don't see people make the Olympics out of nowhere where they're like, oh, yeah, I just woke up one day and I was world class. And a lot of casual fans don't even know that. Like, Yeah, it's just, that's how it is. I was, boom, I was watching the, um, if you don't, if for everybody out there, Tiger Woods has a documentary oh, yeah, on HBO. Son, heard it's I, good. How is it? It's good? It's pretty good. It's pretty goddamn good because, I didn't know Tiger Woods was playing golf at two years old. Oh, he's a prodigy. 
It's a prodigy. Prodigy. And you see how Tiger Woods, mind you, a lot of two year olds, they just walk in a Google Gaga, you know what I'm saying? And Bait. No, when they use that term nice. prodigy with him, they're not just like joking. Like he was, I did not know that. Like he was really no matter what you would have done at golf, and I don't want to never say never because you know, but clearly Tiger Woods had some sort of talent, God given talent for golf. Mm-hmm. Everybody out there has some God given gift. Some people have multiple, but for golfing and Tiger Woods in this particular, um, conversation he has it it. you know what i'm saying so it's like yo same thing with james harden and certain players and you know golf is a single player sport sometimes they do doubles or whatever but in Mm -hmm. team sports those players like a james harden when you get a chance to get them they they don't come around that often yo you know what i'm saying i'm around that often how many drafts we done had we, let, let, since James Harden has been drafted, how many drafts we've had where we drafted any of the players are better than him? I don't exactly. think any of them. You're hoping maybe Zion, but right now that don't really look that promising. I don't know if Zion's going to be better than James Harden. Bro, you can, yeah, in the last five, ten, yeah, let's say five, seven years, who's been drafted that's better than Harden? Nobody. Nobody. I just, you know, and that's just how it is. That's what I'm saying. Like when you get those once in a generational, when you get a chance to get those once in a generational players without trading away generational talent, you do it. You do it. You know, it ain't like they traded away Kyrie, but for everybody out there, my Nets fans, Elijah, he looking like the odd man out. He, he sure like, is. He looking like the one that's hurting. Every time, and, and like I said, if you, that's one thing I'll say as a fan and, and anything on life. I, I, I always got receipts. I got receipts to me saying free agency before that. And I hope the Knicks get Kyrie. I just want KD and we could keep D'Angelo Russell. And I don't really like Kyrie. So I was never on it when we got him. I was like, eh, you, there's a reason I don't have a Kyrie Irving jersey. There's a reason I bought the Kevin Durant jersey because it was one person I believed in and another I didn't. Yeah. And that's just how it is, man. The kid is, like I said, I, I got a chance to hang out with D'Angelo Russell a few times. Really? Like in his crib, yeah. <laughs> Back in yeah. Brooklyn? Yeah. Really? A few times. Like a a Green, right? Through a mutual, through a mutual friend, through one of my best <laughs> boys. Shout out my boy E. But yeah, I actually got a chance to hang out um with D'Angelo Russell. He's a cool kid. He's a cool cat. I love him. Check this out. One time we went to um D'Angelo Russell crib. Guess who was there? <laughs> Devin Booker. Ah, no way. They boys, yeah, they 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 really close. They really close. They close. They close. Devin Booker was there. That's crazy. Look, the thing is, they're not. Well, D'Lo's tall. Devin Booker not all that tall. How tall is he? Like six four, six five. Yeah, Devin Booker like six four, six five. Yeah, but I don't know the way his height is set up. He just. Maybe because I'm like six two. You're tall, dude. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know. I know what you mean, though. Usually, when you see an NBA player, it's like, like yeah, huge, and it's like Devin Booker. Yeah, he's not I like because you know D'Angelo Russell wanted to stay in Brooklyn too. Oh, of course, of course. And he developed, he developed pretty good. They did year. him grimy. They did him grimy, and yeah. I would say. This I'm saying the Brooklyn Nets team that traded him away ain't the same Brooklyn Nets team now. It's a whole it's under new ownership right now, basically, with Nash and the players. Basically Kevin Durant run the team and shit. <laughs> you know. They can still go back and get him. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Years from now, years yeah. from now, you never know yeah, what happens. Yeah, so off and go get him. I, I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I don't even know if he would fit though, because he another ball dominant guard, but 
you know, it is what it is. I wish that kid the best, but he you could just see he's just a, he's very mature. He's on a whole nother level of maturity. His personality fits the Nets. Yes. He he doesn't have a very uh I don't want yeah, he, he doesn't have an alpha personality in the sense of like he not demanding, he's not like conflicting. He ain't gonna butt heads with nobody, you know? He, he, he alpha though, but he's like more so to me he's more of a he's team not, player. He's a team player. Well, I use a bad word. Any night he not alpha. He more introverted though than like yeah, yeah. some other people. So it's like he ain't gonna be outwardly like yapping at people, getting in people's faces. He's more introverted. He he's a cool guy. That's funny though using the nigga crit. <laughs> it's cool, cool dude, man. Like, I was I was surprised when I met him myself how cool he was. Like, <laughs> yo, this dude making millions. <laughs> Normal guy. Yo, at the end of the day. These basketball niggas is regular people like us. Yo, they be our age. They be younger than us, bro. That's all it is. They be- yeah, he definitely is younger. He about, <laughs> what, he's like 24 now? If that. He might be 25, 26. He might be 20. Oh, no, he got in the league at 19. 19. And I, was in, I was like a senior in college and shit when he got drafted. So. Like two years ago when he was, um, he was with the Nets in 2019, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. 2019. Yeah, it was like 2018, 2019, so. He was fairly young at that time, but he seemed to have like matured. Like, he got it now. He year. got he he gets it now, man. But gonna do that to you, so yeah, that's how it be, bro. I wish him the best, and that was my boy. That was my boy. That's had a crazy crib in Brooklyn. I ain't gonna lie. He was I, in Fort Greene. Yeah, Fort Greene slash like. Down. I don't want to say Carroll Gardens, but somewhere around like Fort Greene area, Carroll Gardens, like somewhere around that area. Okay, okay. Like he wasn't that far from like LIU and shit, right? Not at all. Yeah. As I figured, I always just see him post on IG. And I'm like, yeah, you definitely live pretty close. I think his brother had played at LIU, so that was probably how y'all got the connection and shit. Yeah, but, I think that's how they got it. Yeah, his brother was trash, but it's all oh, his good. Was, yeah, his brother was a cool dude too. Yeah, I'm just, you know. He wasn't good at basketball. He wasn't getting PT, but who knows, bro? Who knows? What I really, what I'm starting to learn about college basketball is, yo, you could be average at one school and then go to a big Division One and thrive. Because I'm looking at motherfuckers that was playing on St. John's last year, and he's at like I forgot what big school he's at now, but just thriving. Like I've seen it all the time where motherfuckers go to next schools and they just thrive, and they don't necessarily even have to be like major D ones. Sometimes they go to mid majors and they like. Bowling. I think it's bowling. all about the skill set. It's, it's skill set. It's about fit. It's about your role in the uh, offense and what they need you to do. Because I played so much attention to um, college basketball this year, one of my uh, like players I watched, actually one of my favorite players in college basketball this year, is a player called Shahada Wells. He's from um, UTA, U- Texas Arlington. Mm-hmm. Um, dude's pretty nice, bro. And I don't want to say he has like NBA skills. To me, he looked like he could play in the NBA, but they was like he came from a JUCO. He was like top level JUCO, and now he's at this school. And when he was playing big schools, bro, he was getting. But those are the dudes that if they get into the league, don't let them get into the league. It's over. Like they, that's what I'm saying. Just like you said, like some dudes be terrible at a smaller school, go to a big school, develop a good skill set, come out crazy. Balling, yeah. Nah, I'm hype. And actually, I'm actually excited. It's going to be March Madness this year. This year, they're moving the whole tournament to Indianapolis on some, like, bubble shit. Because they're oh, like, yo, yeah. they're not going to fuck with their bag. I'm telling you, bro, motherfuckers got to get their money any means necessary. So they're going to they're gonna move that shit to Indianapolis, have a bunch of, like, mini bubbles throughout the city, and they're going to play them games straight like that. 
And for everybody that's not watching college basketball this year, man, it's it's, it's a pretty exciting. This I love. Year. I haven't been able to watch it because I've been so busy with work. But I'm gonna get back into teams, it. All the good teams. They trash. Kentucky is awful. Oh my god. So good. Duke is awful. Duke is, Duke is garbage. Regular below par. Tech. The the few Gonzaga right now. Gonzaga is the right like the number one school, and they're doing pretty good. You know what I think that is though. I don't think so. Gonzaga, did they ever win? Now they made it to the championship game and lost, so they yeah. might they might make it. And I want them to win that game. That's when they had Adam Morrison in them. I yeah, think. yeah. But uh, you know what? I can see the way this shit is going. Honestly, it, it almost seemed like the nice, talented players that are like the get recruited by the blue bloods. I bet the pandemic probably chopped their practice squad practice schedules, and it was just like, you know what? Fuck this, like whatever. Because there's no reason. I don't know. Like usually, usually kids are just dominant. You know what I mean. But I feel like maybe they, maybe they weren't even able to recruit that well this year. There was no McDonald's All American game. There was mm-hmm. a lot less high school games. So you was probably offering blind scholarships to some kid that he might have looked good when he was a junior in high school. But between junior year and senior year, he was in the crib eating McDonald's because he was in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So like you really don't know what you got this year. So that's probably that's the thing. So you know we're gonna have to see. I'm excited. And I and I think also. Um, the way the games are played has a like a slight effect on like performances and things like that. You know, some people like to perform in front of a big crowd. Mm-hmm. Some players feel less pressure. It's basically, nobody. Oh, for the mid-major people, they're already playing in empty ass gyms most so times. Yo, they're wild right now. I get to come to Duke and play in Cameron, and nobody's screaming in my ear. up, open gym, it's over. <laughs> so I feel them on that, yo. It's gonna Man, be a good tournament. Yeah, I think I think when it gets to tournament time, that's when motherfuckers get shook because you know they're gonna have motherfuckers in the building. So, mm. but now nah, before we wrap up, do you have anything you want to leave the people with? Anything, any topics before we wrap up? Anything I might have missed? Uh man, we covered a lot. I want I would say the Tiger Woods, uh, the Tiger Woods documentary. Let's watch. Uh, was it's it's a some it's a must watch just to get an insight on. No, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. I, I never knew that much stuff about him. I think watching documentaries overall give you a good insight on like family life and how things are set up. It's great for people like where you come into like the middle of their career and you ain't get to see the whole shit. Like Tiger, uh, Michael Jordan, and shit. It gives you that perspective you miss. I think it's good for that. Hundred yeah. percent. Tiger Woods. That's 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 my guy, man. He. he I ain't watched part two yet because. At the end of part one, his mistress or somebody had came on. <laughs> Come on, that's when the thing is crazy. <laughs> that's when he starts to show the, the dog parts of you part of the, uh, oh, God, the documentary. I got to see that shit. I'm going to watch it. All in all, man, I think 21, 21 is is looking up for, for everybody. Up. Just, you know, we're just staying positive, man, because a, a lot happened last year. And a lot is going to happen overall. Maybe twenty twenty one ain't going to be as sweet, but I be twenty twenty should teach everybody, or should have thought everybody's like, yo, you just got to keep it pushing regardless. Keep it pushing. You got to adapt, and you got to just be able to like keep going. That's the main thing. Got to keep going. Like Panero used to say, "Keep pushing, Panero." So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit. That's 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 what it is. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, everybody, I just wish y'all the best. From all my New York people, start researching these uh, candidates for the mayoral primaries 
Oh yeah, that's a little. What you think about that? This Andrew Yang. What you think? You uh, think he got a chance? I think. I think I, he was shooting already. I, so I don't like that he's running. I'm gonna be respectful. I don't even say I don't like that he's running. Is because he's not from here. You know what I mean. So it's kind of like he's an outsider trying to get into art. I feel like in order to be an effective mayor of New York City, you have to be from here to understand it. See, that's kind of part of why de Blasio kind of sucks. Like, he grew up in Boston and shit, so he don't really know the inner runnings of, like, New York City, like, what people struggle with the most, what people need. Like, other candidates, I'm cool with. A lot of them, like my my push, my candidate, and I'm gonna try and get him on the podcast one of these days is Eric Adams. He's like the Brooklyn Borough yeah. President. Yeah. And, and, but the only reason I like it is because he understands the entire inter runnings of the of this of the city. Like he was a former cop, so he understands the crime and you know. Is, is he running? Is he running? Yeah, he's running? He's running. He's running. Okay. But it's like I feel like for him, like he's gonna get the Brooklyn vote, obviously. But then like somebody in Queens or the Bronx or Staten Island or whatever may not vote for him. But then, you know, you got the comptroller who was managing the city budget, who I'm kind of like, eh, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of people. You got somebody else running, working in sanitation, running, like, not to say sanitation <laughs> not important, not to say sanitation not important, but it's like, do you, so you're going to do good picking up the trash and making sure the snow's removed? All right, cool. What about everything else? So, you know, it's going to be crazy, but the Andrew Yang shit kind of complicates shit because he has a huge following. There's a lot of people that wanted him yeah. to be mayor. No offense to anybody listening to this podcast, but his last name is Yang. You should know. <laughs> yeah. He don't get the votes. He yep, don't get that, yep. a lot of votes based off his last name being Yang. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy. So like I look at it like he's an outsider. Like what I don't what I don't like about it, and that's part of the problem too, is there's a lot of candidates. There's like 14 15 candidates everybody who's ever done anything in new york city wants to run so when you have a lot of candidates it's like all of a sudden it's like some people have allegiance to this person this person this person this person this person and then they kind of you don't know who wins you know what i mean that's when it's like oh that's how trump basically fucking got got into the republican nomination because there was so many whack candidates that it was like oh i'm just going to be the the odd guy getting the, the the votes so you know i don't i don't really want andrew yang as mayor so we'll see when is when is the uh primaries? I'm not sure. I want to say it's in like April or May, maybe June even. But motherfuckers starting a campaign now. So I would assume April, May, or June. And, uh, and then the election is November. Yeah, I believe so. so. And I've seen what Andrew Yang preaching on um, that universal healthcare. Um, no, what is he doing? Universal salary or some shit oh, like salary? I was actually, because uh, I had a job this past summer where I, you know, I was around the whole Central Park area. Mm. A lot of people bargaining for that universal salary. I don't know how it's going to work. And hopefully they're saying we get higher numbers. But a lot of people that was bargaining for it was like, not people like you and me. I just want to <laughs> be clear. Um, yeah. it, it was people that already seemed like they had enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was looking like, Mm, a lot of y'all, y'all live around this area. Mind you, this is Central Park area. Yeah, yeah, of course. Everything over there is like millions and millions of dollars. So, like, I'm like, yo, what are y'all, uh, Universal? Are y'all saying it for everybody else or y'all <laughs> more? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, he's, it's like I said, I'm all for somebody trying to further their political career, but like, don't do it in my city. Like, do yeah. it. You want to run for Congress? Go for it. You want to run for Senate? 
go for it, but not 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 mayor of the city. So I'm gonna look into I'm gonna look into the candidates. I'm gonna I'm gonna take yeah, no, no, and don't take yeah. Just I, I urge everybody to do this. At, like do your own research and try and get do the best you can. I, I'm a, I, that's what I'm gonna do though. I'm definitely gonna try and get Eric Adams on before he becomes the popular candidate. Try and boost his <laughs> approval rating up. But uh, yeah, it would be nice to have a a, a black mayor. Yeah, we haven't had one for a minute in New York since like. Because when I look, when I look at politics, basically everything is open now. So mm-hmm. you might as well go for people who are. Like you, they don't necessarily have to be the same skin. But at least come from like similar yeah. upbringings and understanding exactly. problems. That's all. Might not understand where you're coming from. Some of the that you aspire for. Like I said, and I, I just think he could relate to a lot of people. All the people that's like, oh, back to cops. Well, he was a cop. <laughs> if you don't want to yeah. vote for him, <laughs> oh, he's going to defund the police. He is the police. He ain't going to defund shit. <laughs> yeah. He is the police. So. I, I want to see how they spin that, but yeah, y'all y'all pay attention to that shit, and yeah, man, that's all I got for now. Will, you welcome on the podcast anytime, man. Let's Thank do this. You, man. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Good conversation. So it was yeah. a good time, man. Maybe next time we could do a LIU reunion with a couple other OGs, and you know oh, we could yeah. talk it up. Oh, one thing I wanted to say, and this just hit my brain, uh, Lord. <laughs> like I was thinking about it this week. I was looking at Stephen Curry, right? Mm-hmm. And how he was playing, like I, Steph Curry been doing this for like over, let's say five, like playing how he's playing at the level mm-hmm. he's been playing at for let's five, say like six, the last five, six years, five six years, right? So I was looking at a highlight where he just he basically like shook the whole team. I'm like, man, I was moving like this with Steph Curry in NBA 2K12. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yo, I, I I I always tell people that that catch me off this. When I was in college, they're like, "Yo, what do you do?" I'm like, "Yo, we played 2K at all time competitive levels, bro." Yeah. Like, I, 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 I tell people this too. People are like, "Oh, why don't you like 2K?" Because I'm like, "Yo, none of the 2Ks they make now could equivalent to what 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 it was yeah. back then." When yeah. I say 2K used to be a game where people were enjoying it and bowling, and we had leagues, bro. We leagues. Yo, we used to go through leagues in every two. Two, two, two freaking weeks. That's why when people ask me why my GPA is so low, I say, bro, you should be. <laughs> I got a bio degree with a two point seven. I had to fulfill a two K league commitment. I had to fulfill a full time track scholarship. Like, it, hey, it, yo, it you, you, you gotta show up for your game, bro. Like, yo, bro, I'm tired. <laughs> I got oh, homework. Yeah. Gotta show up for bro, your game. I used to. This is my. This is this was this was our schedule in college. It was, it was wake up in the morning, lift weights, go to class, eat. Go to practice again, mm-hmm. 2K, sleep, rinse, and repeat every day. So, like, yeah. four hours of sleep, everything else you had to fit in in those yeah. two, three hours. And, and even sometimes you had to play your game. Like, yo, if you and the person who you was playing or who you were scheduled to play, like, had some free time, like, yo, we about to play our game right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yo. The man's – yo – I'm sorry, I'm going a little long, man. But man's used to freaking. It used to be like, yo, let me get the key to your room. I'll play to play while you whatever. I'd be like, all right, here's a room key. I, I I would walk into my room. <laughs> Nobody lives in there, but niggas is playing 2K okay. on my. So, every time we was it, 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 niggas had to pit their shifts in, and niggas 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 did what they had to do. But nah, if I knew Steph Curry would have done what I was doing with him, and <laughs> you would have bought some stock in Under Armour. That's what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm some predictions like yo warrior's gonna win a championship or uh-huh. something could have been them future vets and all of that you would have been a rich man right now bro Crazy, son. 
Oh, nah. We definitely got to catch up, though. One of these days, let's definitely get a pot in the future with the, some of the old homies. Definitely, man. I'll definitely enjoy that, man. Shout out to all my old teammates out there. Shout out to everybody out there. Everybody, yeah. Time to be on, listen to the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, when I get my, my, my vaccine, we linking, bro. Everybody need to link. Once I get my second dose, give me two weeks. Let the antibodies build up. We linking. We going out for food. We going out for drinks. We doing it all. Whether whether it's open or not, we outside. So yeah, Hopefully everybody got their they vaccines or majority of people got their vaccines by summer, by August. Yeah, by August. By I'm August. definitely, summer we going to do this, bro. Some yeah. of we gonna do this, but y'all, I appreciate y'all for listening, yo. If for those of y'all that are new, if this y'all first podcast episode, yo, hit the subscribe button, uh, rate and review on iTunes, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, we're on Google Podcast. Shit, if I'm not where you normally get podcasts, which if you get podcasts anywhere other than what I mentioned, you probably a weirdo. Let me know, I'll get the podcast on there. But uh, I appreciate y'all for sticking with us, y'all. And uh, enjoy this new four years. Enjoy a Trump-free life. Yeah. Hopefully that stimulus, that 1400 Oh, stimmy season. Later, you know what I'm saying? It's stimmy season, boy. Stimmy 2.0. Hopefully by the time the next few podcasts we get on. We be talking about the next stimulus. We be yeah. talking about what's next. <laughs> yeah, he got 1400 but is he going to make it 2400 <laughs> <laughs> But I, right, y'all, I appreciate y'all for listening, y'all. Peace out. All right, peace out, everybody. Thank you for having me, Elijah. No doubt.